This is Tavis Smiley. Delighted to have you in this third and final hour. Uh, as I promised, uh, the bad girl of comedy is in the house. Lunell is here. We'll get to her in just a second. Some breaking news uh, that is uh, fascinating on a number of different levels. Uh, we do three hours every day, and usually in our first hour we talk about politics, and so we're in our third hour, so we're not going to do too much of that unless Lunell wants to go there. But uh, there's some breaking news. Um, right-wing rebels have blocked another spending bill. Uh, a major, major embarrassment to Kevin McCarthy. Uh, moments after he said he had the votes to get this thing passed, uh, Republicans turned against him on the floor. Uh, and uh, the bill, um, the spending bill, Pentagon funding bill goes down again. This is the second time this week uh, in a vivid display of GOP disunity on federal spending um, that Kevin McCarthy has been embarrassed, and it uh, portends uh, not so good news for whether or not the government will, in fact, be shut down in nine days. He cannot get these Republicans in lines like herding cats, uh, and as a result, they embarrassed him again. Um, I know he's cussing somebody out right about now. Uh, embarrassed him on the floor of the House in a vote. Uh, a major black eye for uh, uh, Kevin McCarthy. Uh, James Clyburn uh, of South Carolina, a uh, member of the Democratic leadership, as you know, uh, said he has never before seen a speaker lose a rule vote so many times. Mm. This is now the third time in four months and twice in this week alone uh, that Kevin McCarthy has been embarrassed this way as Speaker of the House by members of his own party. Again, why does this matter to you? Because if they can't figure this out between now and the next nine days, the government is going to shut down and then all hell is going to break loose uh, about the Republicans and um, and the government and who's going to pay a price for this. I've said many times the last time something like this happened, uh, it cost Newt Gingrich his job when they when they miscalculated and made some huge mistakes, um, overplayed their hand. Um, uh, Newt Gingrich ended up losing his job as speaker. I don't know who would replace Kevin McCarthy at this point. So I'm not sure there is a replacement um, uh, to be talking about, even though it took him, what, 15 votes to finally be approved as a speaker. But again, it's big news um, that Republicans have embarrassed him once again, second time this week, uh, a few times in just a few months. Kevin McCarthy embarrassed by his own party, uh, and they couldn't get this spending bill through. So we'll see in the next nine days what happens with whether the government is going to be shut down or not. Of course, we'll be talking about it every day here uh, on this program, Tavis Smiley. When we come forward, we'll commence our conversation with the original bad girl of comedy, Lunell, a wonderful Netflix special produced by some guy named Dave Chappelle. Uh, she's busy, a lot to talk about, but she took an hour to come see us. And we'll get straight away to Lunell when we come forward on Tavis Smiley. More of Tavis Smiley when we come forward. Sounds, Sounds different. different, huh? This is Tavis Smiley. Smiley. Tavis Smiley in conversation with the original bad girl of comedy, as I promised, Lunell, joins us live in bad studio. Good, not bad as in bad. <laughs> bad as in good? Bad as in good. Mm. You sure about that? Yeah. <laughs> I- I'm not so sure about that. Well, what, what would bad as in bad be? <laughs> What would what would bad as in bad be like if I was the original bad girl of comedy? Like, what would that be? No, I take your point. I'm not going to debate you. Okay, you're a comedian, and you're better. Th- you're better. Th- better this than I am. But I'm not at work right now. I'm just doing the interview. I just- so <laughs> don't don't think it's going to be jokey, jokey, jokey because it ain't. And and don't think you're going to get paid for it either because you ain't. I, I know that. That's why it ain't going to be jokey, jokey, jokey. <laughs> 
<laughs> you just gonna get to natural. <laughs> you you were, uh, I was laughing. You had me laughing. Well, first of all, I, the minute I see you, I just start laughing. Uh, Isn't that something? Yeah, I, I see you, and I just you ain't even saying nothing. You you walking down the hallway. I'm waiting for my hug. I just start laughing every time I see you because you People just do that. You crack I'm not me sure up. What that is, but, but I love. I think it's love. Though. It, it is love for me. It is. It's yeah, love. Yeah. But then during the break, after after talking about Kevin McCarthy and and trying to herd cats. Uh, you compare what he's dealing with with what? I said it's like the dope game. <laughs> it's not like these brothers from the street. Gangster. Jeez. It's like the dope game. Yeah. Uh, Kevin McCarthy couldn't relate to that, but he, he he's feeling it, man. I don't know. Yeah. You know, you never know what nobody's doing behind closed doors. Ask Marion Barry. True, 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 true. But she set him up, though. The B set me That's up. That's what he said. That's what he said. That's what he said. The B set me up. Right, right, right. And she did a good job, too. <laughs> She did her job. You know, it's funny. I was I was actually in D.C. Uh, I wasn't living there then, but I was in D.C. when that went down. And here's what, here's what I love about Negroes. I was in D.C. and literally like 12 hours after that story broke, they were on a, on a street corner selling T-shirts. With, oh. with, 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 the, with the quote on it. Hey, the B set me up. The, the, the I, brothers, bought, I bought like 12 of the them. The brothers came back on the block are cold with the, ink, <laughs> with the, with the printing. Don't give them a printer. They're, they're, oh, my gosh. I literally, I could not believe. I went outside like 12 hours later. They were on the corner selling T-shirts. The B set me Entrepreneur. up. Entrepreneur. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so I bought like a dozen of them. Came back, man. I sold them things for a premium because... <laughs> <laughs> Nobody in LA had them, right? Yeah, but that that was a that it was, was that was uh you know for for people who hear about it is one mm-hmm. thing yeah. for us who experienced it was yeah. another, especially when we lived through the crack era, yeah, and we know what it was, and to see your political you know a representative <laughs> in a hotel room with a toss up. <laughs> Good Lord. I'm like, man. And then he got elected again. Yes, he did. The people's the people's politicians. I was talking. I had dinner with Les Brown last night, the great, ah, the great motivator. Yes. He's in town, and we had dinner last night. And funny, as a matter of fact, it's on my socials. You can probably see it. Mm. I, let me just pivot for a second. This only happens in L.A., and you live here, so you understand this. You can be out to, out to eat someplace and just run in randomly to all kind of black talent. Oh, yeah, like Denzel. I went to the... Uh, Four Seasons, ran into Denzel and Kirk Franklin. You they were that? together. You see that? I'm like, oh, hey. <laughs> so, so, so here's what I did last night. So Les Brown and I are having dinner last night, and I see this table across the way with some black folk at it. When we walk in, I didn't bother them. They didn't bother me. I sat at our table. Les and I started talking. A couple hours later, they're leaving, and on their way out, they walk over to speak to us. It's Tisha Campbell oh. and D-Nice. Oh, yeah. I never met D-Nice. Oh, yeah. So I met him for the first time last night. I love that brother. He saved a lot of lives during the pandemic. He sure he did. Sa- I told him, I said, brother, let me give you a hug, man. You saved a lot of lives during the pandemic, but some great photos, I think, on my socials right now. I'm going to Hanging out last out. night with Les and Tisha and D-Nice. But it, it sort of happens ha- happens randomly. You should have had a pre-interview dinner, and I should have been at that dinner. <laughs> Dang it. I, what, what, matter of fact, since you went there, what is it like having dinner with you? Like what, 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 what kind of dinner companion are you? Oh, I'm a great dinner companion, but the people yeah. will come to the table. Yeah. They don't wait for me to finish yeah. eating. They come. They Sometimes it's okay. A lot of times it's not okay. Yeah. When I'm eating dinner with my daughter, she would prefer that people don't bother us when I'm having private time with her. Mm-hmm. I've had people sit down next to me, take the fork out of my hand, <laughs> and, and take a picture. So, you know, it can... It's 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 only gonna get worse. Yeah. After next week, <laughs> you know. Uh, 
I'm going to follow you throughout this whole hour. Mm. So since you went there, let me follow you. What 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 kind of mother? I know what kind of comedian you are. What, what kind of mother is Lou Nell? What would your daughter say if she was here and I was asking her that question? Well, my daughter just dropped me off. As a matter of fact, <laughs> she's coming back to pick me up. Okay. Um. Well, I think that I am a good mother in in, in as much as what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I have not always been around. Mm-hmm. I have missed some very important dates. Um, but the, my grind has paid off and my daughter has been able to see that. And from what she tells me, it motivates her. Mm-hmm. My daughter's a professional dancer. She's danced with Tisha and Tashina mm-hmm. at the BET Awards. She's danced by Lizzo at the Grammys. She's been on tour with Coyle Ray, so she's a professional dancer. I'm blessed in that when I was on the road, uh, when I was beginning to go on the road and my daughter was small, I left her with her father and her grandmother. Mm-hmm. So my daughter was raised in the church, mm-hmm. and that's where she started dancing as a praise dancer, mm-hmm. found her niche, and that's what she's continuing to do. Went to college, San Diego State University, mm-hmm. dance fine arts. And um, I'm very blunt mother, mm-hmm. but I'm a very honest mother. I'm a mother who's lived and can tell, you know, Tell her about life. Mm-hmm. Whether they listen or not, they may not listen now, but it'll come back to get them <laughs> later. Mama said there'd be days like this. Yes. And I'm a very domineering mother. You know, I will kill for my child. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. And I do roll up to the school. I roll up. You know, I'm one of those <laughs> kind. I'm, I can be mud to yeah. I can roll up in my gown if I hear something <laughs> popping off and have done it. So, you know, I'm like that, but I'm very t- caring and very loving, and I try to give the uh, love and attention to my daughter that I did not get because, you know, there's a certain generation of parent who showed you what love was by mm-hmm. their actions, mm-hmm. not by their touch, yeah. not by their words. Yeah. They didn't hug you a lot. They didn't hold you a lot. That was me. But I broke that cycle, and I, you know, kiss on my daughter. She thinks it's gay. Mm-hmm. And like, Mom, <laughs> really, not on the lips, you know what I'm saying? And, <laughs> <laughs> and we, you know, we sleep and play footsies and all yeah. that stuff. So, I'm, you don't know, have my t- tender moments. What, 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 what do you think? Um, you individually, and all of us collectively, who were in fact raised in that era or raised in households where the love wasn't explicitly shown in that way, because I know what you're talking about. Now, my yeah, mother is not that way, but my father's that way. I mean, it's been in the last few years, literally that my father is taken to really just hugging me when we say goodbye or when we greet each other. Um, he's not that way. And a whole lot of people listening right now have mothers and fathers of a certain generation who were not that way. I wonder what what we lost, what was sacrificed, um, what, 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 we, what, what we are now navigating in our lives in real time, Lunell, because we didn't get that. If you didn't get it, you may not know how to give it. Right. That's the, that's rich. That's rich. You preaching. You preaching. Okay. Yeah. But if you didn't get it, you may yearn for it mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm very, you know, I'm very affectionate um, because I didn't get it. Mm. I'm very hand-holdier, arm-rubbier, you know, uh, uh, touch your leg or hold, put my hand on your hand, you know, mm-hmm. if I'm talking and um, my daughter and I hold hands when we walk like through a crowd and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't get any of yeah. that. Yeah. And I think it's sad because I think the generation before that didn't give it. Mm-hmm. And, that, and, and the generation before that was doggone maybe enslaved. Mm-hmm. So we got reprimanded for showing affection to each other. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a thing we could do in the open. 
I believe. Mm. And so I think it was just a trickle down theory. But at some point you have to break you have to break the cycle. Yeah. You know, I don't understand people who don't realize that they're doing it. Mm. I don't understand people who don't realize that they're not affectionate. You know, like I see people in the airport whose babies are crying and they won't pick them up. Mm. I'm like, oh, you need to pick pick the baby up at least try. try. And it bothers me and it, it takes a lot for me to not say something mm-hmm. about that. So it just really hurts me to not deal with affection. It, yeah. it hurts me. I like it. When you are a comedian and a bad girl of comedy, no, no less. The original. The original, exactly. The original. Um, yeah, what, I'm, what, like, I'm like a little Richard. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna, the innovator. I was, was going to say that. I'm, I'm the choreographer. And y'all, I'm the innovator. And y'all never gave me nothing. That's right. Shut That's up. Right. Shut, That's up. Right. Shut up. Shut <laughs> up. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you ever interview Little Richard? A few times, a few oh, times. Yeah. I'll tell you my, I'll tell you my. Don't let me lose my point. I want to come back to this notion okay. of if you keeping your tongue, biting your tongue. Okay. I'm writing it down so I don't forget it. Right. Okay. Quick. Funny Little Richard story. So this studio, as you know, because your daughter just dropped you off mm-hmm. here, is on Crenshaw. Mm-hmm. And there were moments in Little Richard's career, and I kid you not, anybody lived in this area at the time or worked here can attest that I'm telling the truth. God be my witness. I've seen it more than once. There were moments in his career where Richard felt, his entire career, essentially, he felt like he didn't get his respect, right? Absolutely. Said everywhere he went. There were times when little Richard was feeling so un- or underappreciated that he would get in a limousine, open up the T-top, stand in the top, stand through the hole, and ride up and down Crenshaw waving at people. And every time I saw that at least twice, ain't no parade going on. This is just little Richard. I drive past. I'm, I say, is, is that little Richard? Twice I saw this, hmm. and both times when I saw it, Lunell, it, it it hit me, and I, I never really quite understood how to process it. And and on the one hand, I thought it was funny. That's little Richard driving down Crenshaw, waving through the top of a of a limousine. On the other hand, you see where I'm going here. It it kind of broke my heart. Like this dude has lived all these years and not been given his respect. Absolutely, and, and here then he to is see waving people, at people doing your music, yes. your music paid for that it. are white, yeah. that are getting paid for it. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, Pat Boone saying "Bop Bop 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 Shambu," but but Little Richard invented that. That's right, and then. Pat Boone made all the money, and it went on and on through Elvis and everything else like that. Mm-hmm. Make you want to cry. Yeah, CNN, um, and I'm not always a fan of all their documentaries. They did a great documentary a few weeks ago. On I Richard. saw it. You saw it? Of course. I, you like it? I enjoyed it. Yes, of course I did. I thought I was good because I identify with the underdog. Yeah, trust me, I'm coming to that too. Mm-hmm. Now, see, now, now this, this thing is moving too fast. I'm trying to keep up. With hey, you baby, now. keep up with me. I'm trying to keep up. That ain't easy. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go back to what I, I did want to lose sight of. Mm-hmm. Uh, you made the point about being in the airport or wherever and seeing babies crying and, and people uh, won't pick up their babies and you have a hard time not saying anything. Yes. Here's my question. As a person who does what you do, who is outspoken, who does not hold her tongue, how difficult is it just in everyday life for you to keep your mouth shut when it ain't really your business, but you see it and you want to say something about it? On a scale of 1 to 10, it's about a 15. <laughs> Huh. It's hard. I, I, I didn't for me. see that coming. Yeah. It's hard for me to not say stuff when you know they got that phrase. If you see something, say something. Yes. And I, I think I was living that before that phrase came out. Yeah. I just don't. I don't. I don't. I really don't know what it is about me mm-hmm. that makes me who I am. Except that I believe that 
You know, I was born in Arkansas. I'm the eighth of eight children. Mm. I know my family is a family of secret keepers. Mm-hmm. And I'm more like, I'm more like, no, let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's clear it up. Let's get it over with. You know, if somebody, like, I, when I say I pull up, like, if somebody has a problem <laughs> with me, I don't want to guess what it is or try to figure it out or make myself sick in the stomach muddling it up. I'm like, what's up? Mm-hmm. Is there a problem? Mm. Well, let's try to fix it or not mm. so we know how to, to proceed. Mm-hmm. You see, because I became an outspoken person because I wasn't one. Mm. When I was young, the eighth eight kids, you know, nobody cared about what I had to talk about. I was going mm. to listen to seven kids ripe and <laughs> fight and whine and all that stuff. But by the time to get to me, it's like, I got nothing. Yeah. So... <laughs> You know, I used to be, at one time, only for a very short time in my life, I was a, a meek, mm, meek child. I cannot imagine that. Well, I wasn't raised with my brothers and sisters. I was raised away from them. Yeah. I was raised as an only child yeah. in a house with my aunt and her husband, my uncle. My uncle was a very uh, um, domineering, alcoholic force in the family. And unfortunately for the world... I picked that trait up because mm. that's the house that I was living in. Mm-hmm. My brothers and sisters were living with my meek birth mother in Arkansas. She was very, you know, but my but my the house I was in wasn't like that. And that's the trait I picked up. Now, saying that to say that when I saw things or when I felt things, I held them in, I would get sick. Mm-hmm. Like it would make me sick. Mm-hmm. But when I started speaking up for myself or started speaking up for other people, I felt better. Yeah. And I said, you know what, I'm, you know, subconsciously, I guess it's, I'm, I'm a roll like this because, you know, it is what it, what are you going to beat me up? Well, then let's fight, you know? <laughs> if you're not going to beat me up, it's only words, you know? I, there, there are two words I thought in my life I would never hear in the same sentence. Lunel and Meek. Mm-hmm. Not in the same sentence. Well, young Lunel. <laughs> <laughs> not not Lunel right now. Yeah, not, show, show enough not. Show enough not. No, let, I, I let, let, let me ask you. Let me ask you right quick. About ninety seconds, and we'll continue when we come forward. Yes, sir. Uh, I guess in case you just tuned in, is Lunel. She got a great new Netflix comedy special produced by a guy named Dave Chappelle. We ain't got to that yet. It's gonna be a lot of fun for the rest of the hour. It is. But since you mentioned Secret Keepers, and I don't know a black family that ain't got a bunch in them, what what is the price you think black folk pay or have paid? for being such secret keepers? I think that you're living a lie. Mm. I think you have to grin in people's face when you know what they've done. I think you have to suppress your emotions and that suppresses your your it, who you could really be mm-hmm. if you were to speak up. We, were, to speak we, up. we, we wear the mask, as they the say. The grins and lies, how is our... Yeah, Dunbar. And she's smart. And I have a bachelor's of arts <laughs> degree in English lit. <laughs> she pulled out Paul Lawrence Dunbar. I did it quick, too. That's right. That's <laughs> not back in the back of my head. It's right here. And um, I think that it also leads to um, the attention coming out in other ways. You might kick your dog. You might beat your wife. You might become mm-hmm. an alcoholic. You might get on drugs because you're not just speaking the truth. Like, speak the truth. Mm-hmm. It's not going to... If you if you speak the truth and it hurts somebody and they retaliate at you, wouldn't you want to know that and be done with them? 
for those who are listening to this program every day for all three hours, I know you're laughing because you know what I'm about to say. Um, the dots on this program connect in the most unique ways. What you just said, we just spent a whole hour talking about being truth tellers, bearing witness, agree, having the courage to say what you see. All the stuff you just mentioned, we just spent a whole hour talking about that. It's because I'm an empath. There you go. And I, I knew it before I got it. <laughs> Uh, more with Lunell when we come forward on Tavis Smile. Amen. You're listening to Tavis Smile. Tavis Smile. Right number 45 on the heavy hundred list of the 100 most important radio talk show hosts in America. Ready to re-examine your assumptions and expand your inventory of ideas? More of Tavis Smiley coming your way right now. That's uh that's Miles, my my board op, giving Lunell a little bit of little Richard since she raised it. There's your yeah. little Richard man. Uh, Richard Penniman. Richard Penniman. Our, our guest in this hour is Lunell. She has a new Netflix special produced by Dave Chappelle. Uh, we'll talk about that in a few moments and uh, get you all uh, ready for that. I can't wait to see it. I have not seen it. I was just saying to Lunell during the break, she has to come back in a few weeks, in a couple weeks, because I did the same thing with Earthquake when Dave Chappelle produced his comedy special for Netflix. And I'm glad Dave is doing this. We'll talk about Dave in a moment here. But um, I had Earthquake on before and after because there were just certain things I couldn't talk about until I saw the special. And once I saw it, I had a whole nother hour of stuff I wanted to talk to a quake about. So if you will be willing, if you'll be kind enough, Miss Lunell, to come back in a few weeks after I see this thing. No, I love when you humble yourself like that to me, <laughs> it, it ain't easy. It ain't easy. <laughs> I'm, sure. <laughs> I'm sure. I'll be glad to come back anytime you okay, want. Okay, well, we'll do that. We'll do that. So you were saying to me during the break, and I was like, Lunell, stop lying. Stop lying. Um, we were talking about what, what, what people call blue. Your comedy is blue. You're the original bad girl of comedy. Uh, and, but you try to tell me that you you have done comedy in a church, in a black church. I have, Stop lying. I have a church comedy, no swearing, v, uh, DVD that you can buy right now on heylunell.com called Let the Church Say Rolling on the Floor. <laughs> That was recorded at a church on West 48th and like 10th Ave, right down the street. Let the church say rolling on the floor. Rolling on the floor. Let the church say R-O-T-F. That's what it says on the thing. Of course I've done church gigs before. I, can, I cannot see this. But I mean, I, I've been to church. There's a million things to talk about, such as. Such as. I feel like they should let us bring our own wine for communion. <laughs> They're not fooling anybody with this grape juice. It's Welch's grape juice. We all know it. The Lord did not turn water into grape juice. He turned water into wine. I think a progressive church would have a liquor locker, and you could put your Cabernet Sauvignon or whatever in your liquor locker until the next first Sunday come bring your own wine. And the communion crackers done got really small. I can't pick them up with my nails. They're all over the floor. I have to shove about 10 of them in my mouth. To feel the spirit of the Lord. <laughs> now, you tell me I don't have church comedy. Miles, turn the air up. Now, now, <laughs> now, now I'm sweating it I'm here, man. I'm just saying. Uh, so you love, so, I don't want to say love, you've done churches. What about colleges? 
No, I don't mess with colleges, and I miss a lot of money now. I know you. With why, why not colleges? Because I, I don't, I don't deal with college kids. Mm. I didn't like my kid when she was in college. <laughs> Tell you. Um, they're just very, they're still learning. They don't know a lot. They think they know a lot, but they don't. They're mm. just experiencing life away from mom and dad. And I'm just a little too much. You know, I go hard, even when it's not sexually motivated. Yeah. What I do is just a little hard. And I've done colleges. I didn't like the response. So I just don't do it. Mm. You know, I, luckily enough, I have a choice in what I do in my job. Mm -hmm. So I just choose not to do Colleges. Some mm -hmm. people are made for it, and that's great. I'm not trying to get college kids to be my demographic. Mm -hmm. I, you know, something's got to be for grown folk. There you go. Everything is so youth obsessed. It's all about the youth and the youth and Gen X, Gen Z. No, it's not. There's some things that are made for grown folk, like Vegas. <laughs> they need to quit bringing these doggone kids to Vegas. Your kid does not understand fam, the magic fam, of the Bellagio Fountain. They don't yeah, need it. Yeah. Leave them down to take them to Disneyland, <laughs> Disney World. Vegas is for grown folk. Uh, what 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 is as you see it? What is your demo? What is your demographic? And has that changed over the years? My demographic has not changed over the years. My demographic, I believe, are regular people, mm -hmm. not the super rich, not the super beautiful. Everyday people, slash Every, everyday, everyday people. people. Because I'm a person who, yeah, you might see me on Netflix, but y'all might see me at El Pollo Loco here on, on Crenshaw. <laughs> you know, you might see me on stage at Madison Garden. You might see me at Maverick's Flat. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a house off Crenshaw here, but I have a gated community house in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. So I live it like a double life, mm -hmm. you know, um, and I never go far from my regular people because that's what gives me material. That's mm -hmm. what keeps me grounded. I don't ever want to be snooty or, um, you know, I'm not like I'm not I'm not crazy. Um, I, you know, wear a lot of jewelry. I, uh, I I believe like the Lord has me covered, but I don't think the Lord can cover me, you know, over in Nickerson Garden. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to go over there with all this. Uh, I do have my, you know, I have my limitations, but I just don't walk around in fear and I'm not, you know, I don't feel like there's nowhere that I can't go because of the love from the regular people. Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing, you have to go out in the world. You have to. Every now and then, you know, like I went to the grocery store, the, there was like being in Disneyland. I hadn't been to the grocery store before since before Rona because I have assistant that go for me. Mm -hmm. And I don't do DoorDash because I don't, I, don't I don't trust that. But I went to the grocery store. I just found out that Ancient Mama ain't on the shelf no more. I'm like, well, where, how come uh, How come Miss Butterworth behind is sitting up here? What happened to Ancient Mama? Then they told me that she's... You, you're a little behind on that one. Yeah, well, I don't shop. You don't so shop. I, I just eat. Well, you shop for jewelry, obviously. I, well, I can see that right now. I do. So we, I was so Miles, my board, I was a little young, little young thing, a little young tender, young tender on. He walked in, and what did you say to him about jewelry? I asked him, did he like jewelry? Because, you know... <laughs> I have a mentorship program for young gentlemen between the ages of 30 and 55 from midnight to 4 a.m. will provide transportation. You can earn little treats and trinkets. That's why I asked. I, 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 open enrollment. <laughs> open enrollment. <laughs> she said open enrollment? Yes. Mm -hmm. 
open enrollment of a, a, a mentorship. That's, that's what, mentorship that's, for, that's for we call, young that's gentlemen. We, we call that. We call that. That's what we call it these days. That's what I'm. I, calling I can't it. even get it out. That, right. <laughs> that we get to stutter and carry on. I can't even get it out, man. Yeah. Well, you don't need to get it out. You need to get it in. Yeah. That's hey, 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 hey. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a family show. Well, what family are you from? <laughs> but up, up, I got you. Right. Uh, okay, I, I want to ask you this question, but I know when I ask it, okay. it's going to take a little time to answer it. I want to right. give you time, so I'm, I'm sweating up in here. I know. Uh, let me just do this. I told you you make me laugh, and I see you coming. I love it. And that's even before you open your mouth. Now you really got me busted up. See, I could say so many things right there, but I won't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, and I can hear them in my ear right now. Without you even saying them, I can hear them. You set your own self up. Yes, I did. I, wa- I walked in that chin up, booty out. <laughs> See? I walked in chin up, booty out. I get it. I get it. Okay. Uh, when we come forward, um, uh, Lunell mentioned earlier, uh, we're talking about Little Richard, uh, and play some of his music. Uh, she uh, relates to him. She resonates with him because sure. she knows what it means to be the underdog. Absolutely. I mean, she walked in the studio today. The first thing I said to her was, other than, other than I love you, good to see you. I am so happy for this Netflix special. I'm glad that Dave Chappelle is producing it because um, you've done you, you've you've done well as as evidenced by all the jury on both of your arms. You've done quite and well. the cars and the houses and the cars and houses. You've done quite well, uh, and paying for the college education, all that. That's right. You've done well, but I love you getting your respect. I love seeing you get. I felt the same way about Earthquake when he did his Netflix special. I feel doubly that way about you as a black woman. Love seeing you get your respect, but I want to talk about your journey. Um, your journey and being an underdog, or can I say underdog s? Uh, you can say underdog, yeah. underdog s. Yeah. You can say, um, you know, whatever you like. Okay, it is my show. It is okay, but for now, the... <laughs> you go out of town, I, I'll pinch it for you. Okay, you're listening to Lunel. <laughs> Stay with us. <laughs> Seeking the truth, the truth. Speaking, Speaking the, truth. the truth. This, this is the Tabitha Smiley, Smiley Show. Smiley show. Who do you trust to get at the truth? Tavis Smiley. Smiley. That's who. The conversation continues right now. Lunell, um, how would you how would you describe and define your journey? Your comedic journey? Oh, I would say that it is a inspirational and aspirational mm. journey. Mm-hmm. I think you should not really... Uh, well, there's people who do comedy and there's people who are comedy. Mm-hmm. There's people who do comedy just because it's something to do mm-hmm. and they can make some money and there's people who live it, eat it. I feel like you shouldn't even do comedy unless you feel like you would die if you don't do it. Mm-hmm. That's me. Mm-hmm. You know, I was mentored under Paul Mooney oh, yeah. from Oakland, California. I miss that Negro. Uh, me I too. What him, would man. he say yeah. today? That's right. I was mentored, you know, Mark Curry came out of Oakland, California. Mm-hmm. Laura Hayes came out of Oakland, California. And we had so many um, musical artists that came out of Oakland, California, from Tower to Power to Tony, 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 the In Vogue to the Edwin Hawkins singers, yeah, you know, right. the Pointer Sisters, right. Sline Family Stone, Sheila E., you know, I could go on and on and on. And these are the people that I saw growing up. Comedy wasn't my goal. Uh, Broadway was actually my goal and still is mm. because I I started out in the theater before I ever got on television or or anything like that. Mm. 
And I did plays, and I played Eveline and The Wiz at Laney College in Oakland. I, I love Laney College. I've uh-huh. been there a few times. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, did um, Dunbar, mm-hmm. did the play Dunbar, mm-hmm. and uh, Ain't Supposed to Die a Natural Death, of course, and um, 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 uh, For Colored Girls. Oh, yeah. I did all that. And then I got an opportunity to do television and all this kind of stuff. The comedy came, I was actually in Long Beach living with a girlfriend who was dating a comedian. Wow. And long story short, I went to a club one night on an invitation from the guy that she was dating, and I went on stage. The first time I went on stage, I've never been a joke teller. I tell stories. Yeah. You know? I went on stage, I just told this story, and I usually, I don't have a problem memorizing because I tell things that happen to me. Mm -hmm. And I told this story... And and I got off stage, and a guy came up to me. This is the first night I ever did stand-up, ever, in Long Beach, California, at a club called Miss Wiz. Mm -hmm. Some people may remember, few people will. Mm -hmm. It burned down. And um, I got off stage, this guy came up, and he said, you're a funny little bee. I was like, okay, thank you. He said, yeah, you, you need to come down to my club. Who was it who had a club? Right around the corner, Michael Williams, the great Robin Harris. Well, yeah, Robin, yeah, Robin, Michael, and Robin, yeah, Michael and Robin. Again. Michael's yeah, Club, sure. Robin was the host. Right, Thursday nights. That's right. Comedy act. At the comedy act, yeah. and I met Robin on the first day I ever did comedy, wow. and I feel like that was like a omen. I'm still friends with his. My daughter and his son are about the same age because yeah. Exeter was pregnant with her son when Robin passed away. So his son never met Robin, Robin never met his son. And then to go on and to, um, I chased Paul Mooney around like a stalker Mm. because he was just a genius to me. And I was, Mr. Mooney, here's my tape. But then he didn't give a doggone about me (laughs) until he actually saw me. Mm. Because Mooney don't like you unless he respects you. That's true. And he respected me from the time that he saw me. And then I started working with him all the way till. Till the end. But that's high cotton on your first night. It Ro- is. Robin Harris that's sees right. you and tells you that's right. you're funny. And gave me his card and I have it at the house, laminated. Oh, I Lord. could I could go get it in five minutes. I don't even have to look for it. I was flipping channels the other night. I hadn't seen it in years and I stopped and watched Baby's Kids the other night. Oh uh, yeah. I hadn't seen it in a long time. Uh, I think that some of the old stuff is getting a, a resurgence yeah. with, with the kids because of Tubi yeah. or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, in our remaining moments with Lunell, uh, we're going to just focus just on the Netflix special. I, mean, I need more than an hour with her. She just got I don't know why you didn't have me here for the whole three hours because yeah, well, maybe- you got to talk about politics and yeah. those gangsters. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> they deserve a little time may, too. May, maybe next time. Maybe next okay. time. But when we come forward, we'll talk about the Netflix special. We'll tell you all about it. When you can check it out, you're listening to Lunell right now on well, the Lunell Show. <laughs> <laughs> Hope, agency, dignity. This is Tavis Smiley. Smart talk for curious people just like you. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. 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 I got four minutes left with Lunell. Not enough time uh, to do uh, to do justice. Not enough. Yeah, every time we go to the break and she's telling me more and more stuff. It's um, those pesky breaks. I'll just pay yeah. so you don't have to have sponsors. <laughs> we, no do, we do commercial free. Just, yeah, commercial free. Just, just sell one of those bracelets. Or, or not, not even a whole bracelet, just just a piece of the bracelet. You can, you can, you can, you can don't buy, act like you don't have jewelry. Yeah, I ain't got no jewelry like that, girl. You can, you can buy you can buy a whole half day here on this station. <laughs> just a piece of one of those braces. Them, them suckers are blinging like crazy. All right, I got three minutes left. Um, tell me about the Old for my mentorship program. By I'm, the way, yeah, too. I know I'm too old. I'm oh, too old. Aged out. But Miles my, my said he was gonna sign up though. Well, let Miles speak for himself. <laughs> <laughs>
We'll have a little convo after the show. I'm going to sign up. Okay, baby. Okay, baby. No registration fee for you. Open enrollment right open now. Open enrollment. Open yeah, enrollment. Wide open. Tell you about the special. Okay, the special is called Town Business. That's what we say in Oakland. It was filmed in Oakland, California. Oakland doesn't have a single thing good to be said about it right now. But I'm hoping to be the one to give Oakland something to be proud of. There you go. We filmed it at Yoshi's and Jack London Square. Love Yoshi's. Yeah, you know, that's known for jazz, not comedy. Exactly, exactly. But that's what we filmed it at. And almost everybody in the audience was somebody I knew or somebody who wanted to know me. The tickets went really, really quickly. (laughs) These were people who, you know, picked up my kid from school, put money on my books, um, you know, uh, all kinds of things. They were there. They're pulling for me. Mm. And it was it was a love fest and mm. it was amazing and I brought Chappelle to Oakland, California. They knew that he was producing it. They didn't think he'd be there wow. but he walked out and the place went I know they went crazy. They went nuts. Out. Yeah. And um, there's it was the, the thing about going real quickly back to the black mother thing yeah. Dave told my daughter before he told me that mm. he was going to get me a Netflix special. Now, if you know anything about mothers, especially black ones, you can lie to me, you can lie to my neighbors, you can lie to my friend. Don't lie, don't lie to my child. Yeah. So when he told my daughter and she told me, I said, this going to happen because I know Dave wouldn't lie to you. Yeah. And he didn't. Yeah. He did everything he said love, and then some. Love Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you real quick. You mentioned Broadway, and I did not know that that was always your dream. Yeah. If Broadway called right now and gave you a string of opportunities, which would require you putting your comedy stuff on hold, would you take the phone call? I would take the phone call, but I probably wouldn't take the gig. <laughs> because comedy you, you, is... You've been saying your whole life Yeah, but well, we, have to, we have to eke out time for that. Yeah. I have commitments that I have to keep. I'm not an irresponsible person. Right. So I have commitments. You know, I'm booked like through next year. Right. So I would say that I'm not available at this time. Maybe if you could double back with me. At, toward the end of next year, yeah. I will block off a year. But you still want to do Broadway, though? Oh, for sure. Okay. My favorite play is uh, Ain't Misbehaving. I love it. And But I, I, after hollering on stage for so many years, I don't have the voice that I used to. Mm. I used to be little baby Chaka Khan, honey, but okay. now I'm more like little baby Barry White. <laughs> so um, I, I, I don't want to do that. So if I can't do that, then I would love to do, you know, The Color Purple. Okay. Or um, maybe Raisin. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I am out of time. Uh, that's the bad news. The it good is. news is that Lunella's already committed. Y'all heard her. Got her on tape. I'll come back. After the special drops. Keep your assistant. And I get a chance to see it. <laughs> In a few weeks, you're going to come back. I'm going to do another hour. And you can follow me on my social media. On Facebook, it's just Lunell Campbell. But I don't really use my last name much. But that's what it is. L-U-E-N-E-L-L on Instagram. It's at Lunell. At L-U-E-N-E-L-L. You can catch me in Las Vegas, too. Every Sunday and Monday night at Jimmy Kimmel's Comedy Club. Sundays and Mondays at 930. She knows how to do it. That's our show for today. Until tomorrow, (laughs) keep the faith. Pew, pew, pew.